the how do I like this uh, less acidy coffee mm-hmm. I like it I like it a lot actually I don't know if you noticed but a couple weeks ago I got Columbia roast because yeah. I'm experimenting with coffee because I've always been like ah coffee is coffee but I like this it's definitely top top three coffees I've ever had yeah it, uh, it's really surprising how like at first I'm like ah it doesn't taste like anything and then I'm like no those are all the coffee notes in my mouth but so much less bite yeah you know there's I'm sure I've told you about this I'm sure you know about it but pretend like you don't and I haven't there's a coffee that they make in India where they feed it to this like certain kind of monkey mm-hmm. they feed the coffee beans to the monkey and then it poops the, mo- the coffee beans out and they clean them and apparently it's like the smoothest coffee in the world like something that that monkey's insides do to those coffee beans have it make it have like zero acidity would you drink it? absolutely would yeah. you drink uh, mo- uh, co- monkey poop coffee? It wouldn't be like a regular thing because A, I'm sure it's expensive, and B, I couldn't look myself in the mirror every day knowing that I'm fueled by monkey poop. But I'd give it a try. Yeah, I'd probably get down. I'd probably get down. My parents had a Keurig, you know, and then they upgraded from that to a, an espresso machine. Mm-hmm. You get espresso both an N. And I was like, this sucks. You guys suck. I just want coffee. That's all I want. Um... And they like the pods, but like the Nespresso ones are like twice as expensive. Yeah. It makes like a, what's the type of coffee that has like an inch of foam on top of it? It's like a cappuccino or a yeah. latte. Well, doesn't a cappuccino like much smaller? There are a couple of things that distinguish a cappuccino from a latte. Yes, traditionally, the amount of milk, but more broadly, lattes are a bit thinner where ca- cappuccinos are more focused on like the foam and having more okay. foam and stuff. But yeah, so like, yeah, latte would be, I believe, the most milk traditionally. Cappuccino would be slightly less. Macchiato would be even less. Cortado would be even less. And then the straight espresso. Okay. So yeah, no, it was an espresso. Yeah, that makes sense. It was an espresso machine. Uh, and the foam just tasted just acid. That's all it tasted like. Mm-hmm. And so I would scoop that off and throw it away. And I'd say to them all the time, I'm like, I, coffee is coffee. This is insane. I hate yeah. it. It's like, ooh, it's got uh, notes of uh, dark chocolate. And this has yeah. notes of like almond or whatever. And I was like fucking whatever and i made my first one i was like fuck this is the best cup of coffee i've ever had it's so good i will say like uh i personally think keurigs are like the most acidic coffee i've ever had yeah it like barely tastes like coffee it just tastes like i'm about to give myself acid reflux yeah exactly. it's so fucking uh not the espresso thing i've never had that but like keurig specifically is like you know you're giving me the worst part of the coffee yeah i've just never been able you to filter out the good stuff get past the idea of like I mean I know we're you know first world there's a lot worse things that we're doing in this sense but I've never been able to get past using a, a Keurig and be like you're there's so much garbage mm-hmm. coming out of this thing every time you have a cup of coffee yeah it's insane plus there's so many more <clears throat> excuse me I guess what I'm trying to say is there there are other solutions to that problem. There are plenty of coffee makers that you can put. You don't have to make a full pot of coffee to make a cup yeah, of coffee. Yeah, there's single-serving coffee makers, yeah. Not only that, but, like, even if you have one like ours, you could just put two scoops in there, two cups of water, and make it. Yeah. And also you could buy one that has, like, if you're worried about time kind of a thing, right? Like, you're like, oh, but the, 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 the Keurig's so much faster. They've got coffee makers where you can set an alarm the night before you could throw the beans in there and the water in there, and you could make it just be a cup that you can yeah. grab on your way out, and when you wake up, it's done because you set the timer, you know? And in my experience, uh, curing machines 
hold way less water than oh, an actual yeah. coffee maker does. So it's the exact same amount of work. Mm-hmm. I do not understand it. Well, it's I understand it because it's kind of, in my opinion, like not as good, but it's kind of like that the Apple thing, right? Where like everybody's like, well, yeah, Apple's not at the forefront of any technology, but they goddamn know how to make things look sexy. And I feel like people are just like, ooh, look at Keurig, future, pause. You yeah. Know, it's nicer. It's yeah. sleeker. Great you know? point. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. So it's all image, baby. Yeah. And uh, you know who gobbles it up? Who? People like my mom and your mom. Yep. Just 45 to 60. Makes you feel higher middle class. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a luxury item, you know? Yeah. 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 Also, by the way. I know we have a Keurig. They don't use either of these things anymore. They still have the Keurig and the Nespresso, but they just straight up have they have a percolator that they use now. Because they're like, nah, don't got time to buy all these fucking pods anymore. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, again, like, you think about it for more than a second, it's so inconvenient. Because, like, what do they come in, like, 48 pod at most? Like, you can buy, like, super crazy 48 packs at, like, yeah, Costco or something. Yeah, it's crazy expensive, yeah. You know what's crazy cheap? Those things, like, if you, like... A big tub of coffee, I yeah. I bought this for $7. Bought it for seven dollars. He says, walking away. Two hundred and ten cups, I think. Two hundred and ten. Yeah, that's insane. Two hundred and ten yeah. eight ounce cups. It makes. It's perfect. I I think my dad would buy. It was like the cheapest option, but however many came in a box, they would just be a random box because they were so much cheaper, and so you never know what kind of coffee you'd get. <laughs> I'm like, bro, Folgers. That's all you need. Yeah. And you know, every time I like go watch their cat or something like that, yeah. when they had the Nespresso, and now that they have the percolator, but I was like, I can teach you how to use this before I leave. I'm like. I will drive to Starbucks in the morning. I don't <laughs> I don't care enough to learn how to how to use this shit. And then also if you're like worried about the environment, you can buy the reusable Keurig pod pod. Can you? Yeah. But you know what you have to do? What do you have to do? The same fucking thing you have to do to make a pot of coffee. Yeah, yeah, that Just makes scoop sense. It inside of it. Or if someone made it last night, now you gotta dump it in the ground and you gotta rinse it out and stuff. Then you scoop it back in, you put it in, and then you always hit start, and I swear to god I've never hit start on a Keurig and it hasn't gone. Add more water. Every single time. <laughs> every every time. fucking time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've or never I've, been blessed with enough water. <laughs> or I've, I've never made a, a, a cup of coffee with the Keurig and gotten a cup of coffee out of it. I've gotten <laughs> half a cup or two cups of coffee overflowing out of the side of it. Oh, uh, so funny. But I hate when I hit go and it just starts shooting out water and I'm like, whoa, 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 what's wrong? And I start trying to like rip it open and stuff. <laughs> and there's definitely a plastic cup full of beans in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh shit! I have that problem with coffee in general. Every time I like, especially when I go somewhere, like yeah. to a Starbucks or a Tim Hortons, I'll go. Can I get a? One to two things will happen. I drink my coffee, cream and sugar. Mm-hmm. I'll go. Can I get a medium or large coffee, cream and sugar? Can I get a Gretzky? Can I get a Gretzky? I don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't? No. So funny to me. It's so funny. A, it's urban legend. It cannot be true. But it's. Because Gretzky's number was 99. Yeah. I th- I think that's as far as it goes, but what I mean about the urban legend thing is I'm pretty sure I've heard people tell me that that's what Wayne Gretzky actually drank, and that's why. So nine cream, nine sugar. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So that's the Gretzky. <laughs> you go to a coffee place, you can ask for the Gretzky. I they remember. won't know what you're talking about, but... Do you yeah, remember... 99. Friend Brody? No. He's a, a bigger guy, big beard. Great mm-hmm. guy. Loved him. Uh... Uh... But I remember, like, sometimes we'd go to Ramshorn and we'd get coffee. And, like, she'd be like, right back. She'd be like, do you want, guys want cream and sugar? We'd be like, yeah. And he's like, bring, like, 
a lot. And she's like, okay. And then always come back and he's like, no, I need more, like a lot. And they bring back more. And his coffee, his coffee would be 90% cream. It was fucking insane. And we're like, Brody, what is wrong with you? He's like, I don't like coffee. They're like, why are you drinking it? (laughs) That's the Gretzky. But anyway, I go somewhere and I'm like, can I get a coffee, cream and sugar? And they'll be like, oh, cream and sugar's over there. Yeah. Or salsa. Uh, sometimes if I know that that's the deal there, I'll be like, room for cream and sugar. Or, or, or they'll ask me, do you want room for cream and sugar? And I'll go, yeah. No matter what situation happens, whichever one of those variations goes down, they always go, here's a full cup of black coffee <laughs> every single time. I was actually going to like interject because I didn't know exactly where to go. But yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I was, I was going to say that literally every time I've said room for cream... I have l- taken the top off and it's been spilling on my hands because it's so full. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I've never, ever, ever, ever been given room. And I'll even say shit sometimes. I'm like, like three fingers worth of room. I love half and half. Still yeah. to the brim. Every time. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Let's get to your list. It's going to be a long one. I think. It is. Uh, Context us up. Context us up. Last week we did Chris's 100, top 100 movies. Mm-hmm. And I was and scared. Now I get to play listener, and he oh. gets to play listener. Mine, it's not going to be as good as Chris's. What? No, Chris, uh, you're more you're more well versed when it comes in the, to film than I am. Yeah, mine I is much more free time. Yeah, mine is much less objectively best movies ever made. A lot of them uh, are, but at a certain point, I'm like these are just movies. A lot of them that are important to me mm-hmm. in some way, big or small. Um, and so there'll be some on here that are controversial. Um, and I will try to explain myself the best that I can. Don't know if I'm going to do a good job, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, number one with a bullet, fucking Rocky. Yeah. Oh, I love Rocky so much. First time I saw Rocky, I, for some reason, like bought them all on Blu-ray. I was just like, I've never seen any of the Rocky movies. I'm going to buy them. And then I got my wisdom teeth taken out. So I was in bed for like three days and I watched all the Rocky movies just high as hell on all these prescription <laughs> painkillers just spitting blood into a bucket like fucking get them Rocky. It was great. <laughs> if you're ever going to see Rocky, I, I I highly recommend doing it after oral surgery. It's great. <laughs> Number two, The Iron Giant, arguably my favorite movie. I think Rocky's just arguably a better movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, something special about that first one. Oh, yeah. Rocky one. Oh, yeah. oh so good. Uh, number three, The Shining. Number four, No Country for Old Men. Number five, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which arguably the only action movie I like. give a shit about. <laughs> like other ones, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was cool. That yeah. was cool. But if like I could talk to somebody about Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'd be like, oh, my God, that part with him and that dude on that plane, uh-huh. the plane that's on the ground for like 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, it's so exciting. Uh, number six, Drive. Um It'd be okay. interesting to watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen Drive in a while. long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Fight Club. Probably the first movie I've ever seen. I probably, I probably should have put it like a higher on the list at like five. But Fight Club, Fight Club, first movie I ever saw that's like that. I was like, "Fuck, I like movies. Yeah, this is really cool. I'd like to. I just like I, I didn't even have the prospects in my mind of like I want to make movies or something like that. Someday mm-hmm. I was just like, 
Fuck, I really like movies. This is yeah. I can't believe good. I can't remember if it was Drive or Donnie Darko for me, but those are two that are right in that yeah sweet spot of like oh shit. Yeah, understandable. I like yeah. movies. Uh, number eight, Hot Fuzz. I think it would. It, that's not a lot more I can say about Hot Fuzz than we did last week. Number nine. Well, pause for a second. Pause for a second. That reminds me of uh, something I didn't mention last week, and I don't think you did either. There's uh, three Paul Thomas Anderson movies that made the list, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because he did There Will Be Blood, mm-hmm. Punch Drunk Love, and Magnolia. And Magnolia, yeah. He's on my list more than once. I don't know if it's two or three. We'll see. Um, and after this, these aren't, like, in order at all. They're just stream of consciousness. Okay. Number nine, Star Wars A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Like Wizard of Oz? Cooler Wizard of Oz. That's yeah. all it is. Uh, number so 10, so Fargo. Haven't Sorry, seen it yet. Yeah, Fargo's great. We You just it divulged to me yesterday that you've never seen it. we got to mm-hmm. watch Fargo as mm-hmm. soon as possible. It's great. Number 11, There Will Be Blood. Yeah, dude. Great movie. One of the best recommendations you've ever given me. Yeah. I, yeah I <laughs> Did you watch it on my recommendation? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, since I've met you, you've been like, oh, dude, you got to see There yeah. Will Be Blood. And I, I think it was like a year ago. Have I'm I ever like, led you astray? No, never. No. Has there ever been a movie where you're like, damn, Chris was on another one with this? No, I don't think ever, <laughs> no. But I think There Will Be Blood was the best one. I was like, oh, shit, this is so good. Yeah, dude, there's something about that movie. Oh, it's so good. Like, You I, know what's I, weird to think about, too? What's that? That's another movie that is based on a book. There are a lot of like yeah. the best movies ever made that are based on books. Yeah, Drive. Shining. Drive is based on a Drive's book. Drive is based on a book. The Godfather is based on a book. Mm-hmm. I know, like, Deliverances. I'm just, you know, spitballing. But I know that a lot no of... No Country... No Country is based on a book. The Iron Giant. Everything from Shawshank to Stand By Me to Misery to (laughs) The Green Mile. Um, But yeah, The Ruby Blood, I... Like, I kind of like... I don't know. I feel like part of it's a little bit of a slog in my memory. Yeah. Like, it takes a bit to get through, but it is one of those movies that's definitely, definitely worth it at the end. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not an original thought or original observation, but... I drink your milkshake is so fucking satisfying. Oh, yeah, it's so good. I, I would it. put that in the category of movies where like the ending matters to me. Yeah, like a lot. Like yeah, we, we were, were having a conversation yesterday. yesterday. Excuse me about my younger sister when I showed her the Blair Witch Project. How she was like, yeah, my biggest problem with it was like it was just kind of like, well, how are you gonna end this movie? And then it ends, and you're like, oh, well, I guess that's how you have to end it. And I was just, we were both kind of agreeing that like. Yeah, a lot of the times a movie can just end how it logically would. and Journey, not the destination. Yeah. 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 But There Will Be Blood, oh, the destination's so fucking good. And also, not to mention, like, he's just so fucking gross in that scene. He's all, like, sweaty and, like, grimy yeah. looking. And, and you just hate you hate him at that point because you just yeah. told off his deaf son. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this guy, irredeemable. And at the end, you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on your fucking side, buddy. Drink yeah. that motion. And there's so many, like, just, where were you, Eli? Yeah, oh. And then uh, I will. Ba- yeah, I abandoned my boy. So good. I abandoned my boy. And it's uh, it's like I have nothing to say about it other than it's cool. But just the scene where the oil shit explodes in his son. Yeah, and he's stuff. covered in oil. And he's yeah. just covered in oil. Mm-hmm. It's in the middle of the night. And there's that yeah. giant fire. It's just one of the coolest looking things I've ever seen. Hey, this is Chris. We lost some audio here. Uh, only thing you guys need for context, I guess, is that I've had some hummus as a snack. Uh, and I'm talking about a Sabra Hummus ad I saw one time. Well, here's a tweet that says, Was that Jonah Hill doing a voiceover for Sabra Hummus commercial? But nobody responded to verify. 
All right, one of the great untold mysteries of our time. Well, here, I think this might be it. Let's see. Three meals a day? Fine. Love it. But come on! Oh, that's absolutely Jonah Hill. We want to eat. We want to hang out. Can we squeeze an unofficial meal in there? We can call it Linner. Heck, we'd call it Josephine if we wanted. And when we gather for Josephine, we can eat hummus with roasted red peppers or olives or garlic. And we can eat with our fingers and laugh with our mouths full because rules are more of a dinner thing. So put out the Sabra and call everyone in the kitchen. Sabra. It's either Jonah Hill or someone that they paid specifically because, because they, they sound, sound like Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Yeah, it's interesting. He's got such a thick Southern California accent. Yeah, these days at least. These days at least, or maybe always. I always had in my head he was Canadian boy. I think he is Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Spent a lot of time. Well. Hmm. Anyway, this episode brought to you by Savra Hummus. I eat it every day. Mm mm. Yum. That's their catchphrase. And then. Ching. That's my bank account getting bigger from the Sabra endorsements. All right, so back to it. Number 11, There Will Be Blood. Good movie, we both like it. Number 12, I made a decision with this list. I'm only going to put one Tarantino movie on here. Because if I don't, I'll probably put them all on here. Yeah. I'd like to say I'm a better man, but... <laughs> I'm um, weak. I'm weak. They're all so good. Yeah. So after much deliberation, number uh, 12, Inglorious Bastards. I think that is by far the best... Tarantino movie. Okay. Like I think Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction both get high praise and are culturally more impor- important. And arguably, I I'd, I'd accept an argument for either of those. Yeah. But to me personally, oh, I yeah. think I think Inglorious Bastards. If I have to pick just peak. one, it is peak Tarantino. Peak Tarantino. It's so good. That is a movie. It's one of a very few movies that I think almost every time I've watched it. Immediately, I'm like, I'm watching this again right now. I love it so much. I heard a little fun fact about that movie. Yeah. I think that, like, Christoph Waltz wasn't allowed to interact with any of the, like, actors, I think, that, like, he was acting with. Like, in terms of, like, rehearsing or anything like that. That's great. Always kind of, like, a little off put by kind of talking to him. Yeah, and it brought Christoph Waltz into the public guy. Yeah. I'm appreciative for that. So, yeah. He was also the bad guy. In Green Hornet. Green Hornet. Yeah, that's exactly Hell what I was yeah. say. That was after. <laughs> I saw that movie in theaters. I think I went to go see Were you it. happy about it? I liked that movie from what I remember of it. I've never seen it again. But like me, a friend, and this guy, John Lee, who's a friend of my sister, went to go see Kick-Ass because John Lee was 18 and he could get us in. And we went there and like, oh, no, 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 no. You have to be 21 to get a minor in here. Mm. And we're like, fuck, I guess we'll go see Green Hornet. And we had a blast. Uh, so yeah, Glorious Bastards. Again, if I have to really, really had to think about it, yeah. one Tarantino movie. Well, as concise as possible. Why do you think it? Uh, why do you think it's the one? Like you just had to like throw like a one sentence, like boom, this is why. It is everything Tarantino does the best at its peak. I think, without any of, without being too gimmicky. Yeah. Like I think all the dialogue especially for none of it being in English is just captivating. That's mm-hmm. great. Uh, the most of violence that you get are just Brad Pitt beating up Nazis and there's mm-hmm. nothing better than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I would agree that it's probably the most like, um, true to Tarantino while also being like kind of consumer friendly. Yeah. I get you that. I mean? Yeah. Where like it doesn't indulge horribly into any of the things that people usually criticize him for. Yeah. 
Like, it's still ultra-violent at times, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. So, yes, after much liberation. Does that one have the N-word in it? I don't know where, but he had to squeeze it in there somewhere. I think so, he, right? There's definitely feet in it. But, yeah, my one Tarantino film, Inglorious Bastards. Number 13, Pulp Fiction. Great movie. I love it. Couldn't help it. I was like, nah, there's no way Pulp Fiction's not going to be on this list. Uh, number 14, Terminator 2. Nice. Talked about uh, Raiders being the only action mm-hmm. movie I care about. I lied. Terminator 2, a perfect movie. Yeah. There's absolutely no fat on that movie. Everything that happens matters and leads into the next thing. And it leads into the next mm-hmm. thing. And it's so much fun. Yeah, I'd like to rewatch it. That series was really, really important to me when I was a kid. Like, I'm talking yeah. like 8, 5, 10, like in that area, you know? I just had like a brief knowledge of them. Like, I had seen them mm-hmm. when I was young and kind of remember them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the last like two, three years, yeah. I watched one and two. I didn't watch three. Um, and yeah, just a blast. They're so good. Yeah, I always had like spooky and sci-fi leanings. So but, like during that time, like yeah, peak Terminator, peak Predator. You know, like, mm-hmm. I was even like, Mom, you gotta rent me Predator Two: Concrete Jungle with Don- Danny Glover. Like, I've I, never I, seen I gotta the Predator see movies. It. Yeah. You haven't seen them? No. I mean, that first one is kind of you know like a weird horror action B movie kind of. It's a little, almost like a, in my opinion, like, you could almost, I'm using this lightly, but trash in the vein of like, you know, like something like a grindhouse film, like it's yeah. more like exploitation, but like by no means is it either of those things. Um, I mean, you've, you have Jesse Ventura who would go on to be a governor. Yeah. Uh, talking about slack jaw f words and I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> Shit like that, you know, it's a very macho movie. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. yeah. Fun fact, the the minigun that Arnold Schwarzenegger has in that movie, mm-hmm. the exact same prop that's used in Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the whole point of me saying that was like, uh, I understand fully and also agree that Terminator 2 is the better movie, but that first one's really special to me. I don't know if you've, have you seen the first one recently? Maybe on my Just list. Just the Terminator? might be on my list somewhere okay but uh but yes. yeah i feel like it's got that like fine we'll jump on like number 48 terminator one <laughs> so good but uh yeah it's got like that kind of like john carpenter like one guy with a vision and not a lot of budget but made it happen yeah, yeah. kind of thing and i love how shitty the music is and how perfectly mm-hmm. it fits it sounds like a dude with a casio keyboard <laughs> my favorite kind of soundtrack though yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wanted this on like one dude with a thrift store keyboard yeah and sat in the dark and, like, so much of Terminator 2 is impressive, like, from an action standpoint where it's like, oh, fuck, and, like, he's made out of liquid metal. And yeah. uh, there's that cool shot where, like, the helicopter goes under the bridge. Uh, fun fact about that, when the helicopter goes under the bridge. A guy dies. Nobody wanted to do it. Like, no cameraman was like, I I am not sitting in that helicopter while it goes under a bridge. And so James Cameron, James Cameron was like, fuck it, I'll do it. So James Camera, Cameron is the <laughs> cameraman in that helicopter. <laughs> That's insane. Fun fact, oh, what's his fucking name? The guy who plays the T-1000 or whatever. Um, ooh. Robert. Robert Patrick. Patrick. He replaces Mulder when Mulder yeah. decides he's too yeah. big for yep. the X-Files. And for two seasons, he plays this, like, I used to be a New York beat cop. you telling me that there's... Scully, I can't but I can't buy in the aliens right now. You can't <laughs> give that to me. I yeah. need facts. Um, but oh, and also on a side note, Wayne's yeah. World which crucified me almost made my list 
Uh, I don't know if it's the first one or the second one, but there is. Yeah, and he's, yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of my favorite jokes when there's like license or registration. They just go, no. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's stupid. It's you know whatever. Yeah, but Wayne, I love it. Wayne's World almost made my list. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's something about it. I know that this is like blasphemy, and it's probably kind of like saying like oh, the Friends is the you know that's like the '90s sitcom movie. But there's something about like Wayne's World where I'm like, dude classic like if not the classic comedy of the 90s i don't yeah. know why but like it's just like i love wayne's world it's so good yeah i love wayne's world it's so just simple yeah I mean, you know it and knows it's like it. really a homey and like a feel good and like there's nothing to get bummed out about it's yeah. just a good time yeah but what was i going to say oh terminator 2 cool action metal guy helicopter out of the thing but terminator 1 is skipping it ahead number 48 i love how the second one is so ramped up to make you believe, oh, fuck, these are unstoppable killing machines. Terminator 1, since it's so low budget, all it is is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a big man. Yeah. Like, when he's just <laughs> walking through that police station, it's like, oh, fuck, there's no stopping this Also, guy. just love that he shaved his eyebrows. <laughs> it looks yeah. like a maniac. Yeah. Oh, insane. It's great. I love it. I would love to rewatch it. I think I own it on DVD. Yeah, we should watch it soon. Yeah. I love Terminator 1. Um, also, I miss Kyle Reese. Is that the guy's name? I think mm-hmm. that comes back to. I feel, I, I, I'm glad they don't bring him back in any of the other movies. But I love him. I think he's great. Uh, number 15, Leon the Professional. I don't know how much we talked about it last time, but I think it's... It sucks that the dude fucked kids or whatever. The guy who directed it. Oh, didn't know but, that. And especially sucks. because he also like wrote it, and there's like that whole weird romance thing between Leon and... like. Oh, yeah. We're talking specifically the American version. In the American yeah. version, they cut all that shit out. Yeah. <laughs> But all of that weirdness aside, what you're left with, in my opinion, is a really good movie. Yeah, I love so it. I like that a lot. Fun fact, I'm sure you know this. They were filming it while mm-hmm. filming The Fifth Element because they had to take a break and they don't want anyone to Another get Another movie I have to see. I have no interest in seeing The Fifth Element. Really? Yeah. Okay. I just don't feel like it's going to hold up for me personally. I'm not saying I think it's going to be an amazing movie. It's just like one of those things where it's like it's a sci-fi staple that I feel like yeah. I have to indulge in what I, most people, I think, agree is trash. I don't love Bruce Willis, though. I kind of just don't want to see a Bruce Willis movie ever again in my life. Like, I <laughs> just don't. Like, I'll maybe yeah. watch Die Hard, but that's probably Yeah, it. I genuinely do like Die Hard. Yeah. Because, like, the whole point of Die Hard, which they lost sight of, I know I'm beating the same drum everybody's been beating, is that, like, they were like, hey, let's grab this sitcom guy because he doesn't look yeah. like an action yeah. star. And it's so, like, it adds to the tension. It's almost like your Indiana Jones thing where it's like, the whole time you're like, fuck, can this dude really do this you yeah know? No, like I, I i didn't say it when i mentioned raiders but i'm going to now since you bring it up yeah that's my favorite thing about indiana jones is he's a professor a perfect he's a fucking buffoon the entire yeah. time like he just gets out by the skin of his teeth every time yeah. he's like falling down and he's stumbling and mm-hmm. like you know he's gonna make it because his name's the title of the movie but you almost feel like he won't Number 16, The Blair Witch Project. Uh, if you'd like to, nothing more to say about that. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on it, watch, <laughs> listen to our latest podcast. That is funny. Brought to you by Sabra Hummus. Brought to you by Sabra Hummus. Uh, number 17, Seven, another movie I'd like you to see. Yeah, I have it on DVD, but I haven't seen it yet. I, yeah. I'd it love is to, yeah. such a bummer. Like, if you imagine, like, David Fincher. Who? Oh, yeah, it's David Fincher. David right. Fincher yeah, trying to is, make yeah. the most upsetting movie he can. Anyway, that's. Well, that's what some in of it is, yeah. my counter argument to that is like, I gotta make you watch Requiem for a Dream. That's not him, is it? No, it's yeah, that's what I thought. Darren Aronofsky, I think. Yeah, but it's one of those things where like that dude just made a movie where he was like, I want you to. This is gonna be a big bummer for you. But Seven is good. It's got um, some 
no longer bankable actors in it. Yeah. Got canceled. Fuck that dude. Deserved to be canceled and that, but separating the art from the artist. Oh, fuck. You know he's what in that movie? What an actor. You know Kevin Spacey's in that movie? Yeah, didn't he play with the killer? Yeah, it's a big... I got it's me. been spoiled for Sorry, him. It, I mean, the movie, I don't know necessarily what the fuck happens. Like, what is he obsessed with? Like, the seven deadly sins or something, I guess? Yeah. Whatever. I'll watch it. I don't care about spoilers, but... They're hunting him the whole time, and it got me the first time I watched it. Is He's not any... He shows up in the last ten minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's not in the opening titles or anything, and you don't know Kevin Spacey's in the movie. And you know what movie I think is overrated? What? I could be wrong. Usual Suspects. I've never actually seen it. Love the twist. That's what everybody says, and I know it's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, well, no he one plays even, no like, one e- physically disabled the whole time. Yeah, no one had he, to tell me. I was like, yeah. Kevin Spacey's in this movie. It's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, and the whole movie is him, like, talking to the cops. So you're, like, experiencing the movie in yeah. flashback. And then at the end, like, after he leaves and he's walking down the street, it keeps, like, cutting between him, like, starting to not walk like he's physically disabled. And then the cops, like, looking at the wall and, like, being like... Gavrilo Plumbing. Princip Accounting. Gavrilo Princip, he made up the name of the guy who killed it. That son of a bitch was the guy who did it. Kind of a thing, yeah. you know. And that's good. I love that. The yeah. rest of the movie, sadly, in my opinion, is a Brian Singer movie. Yeah. And it just uh, looks like fucking pervert. Yeah. It, <laughs> it just looks like if, if an even more perverted Michael Bay made the movie to me. <laughs> but uh, spoil part of seven for you. I'm sorry. But it's like the whole movie. Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman are just dumbfounded the entire time. Like they're like, "What's in the box?" They're like getting clues and they're figuring it out, and then like it's one step forward, two steps back the entire time. And there's a part where they're back at the station and they're like walking upstairs to their office, like the big lobby of the police station. They're walking up the stairs and they're talking like, "Well, if he was here, and we and we found the victim over here, and he's going like this in the background here, detectives." detectives and they're just they just keep talking it's detectives and they turn around and it's kevin spacey and he's like this and his hands are all bandaged up he's like i would like to turn myself in and it's just it's such a dope reveal that he's just he walks into the police Mm -hmm. station just in the background and is screaming at them oh it's so good we gotta watch seven at some point (laughs) yeah yeah he's uh absolute monster but yeah but also like God damn. Like, it's so hard. Like, I've made you watch LA Confidential, right? No. No? I want to say he's the majority of the reason why I like that movie, but no. There's, like, three main characters. There's no main character in that movie. Yeah. So he's 33% or whatever. Uh, But, yeah, dude. Just fucking... He plays a detective who's now got a TV deal, basically. He's not on the show, but he's, like, the consultant Consultant. or whatever. And, uh, you know, he just takes payoffs from, like... Uh, Danny DeVito's character runs like a TMZ type magazine and uh, yeah you know and there's just this fucking great scene where like Guy Pierce is pouring his heart out about why he became a cop and stuff like that and he's like why'd you become a cop and, he, and uh, Kevin Spacey in his normal way is just sitting there like playing with his fingers or whatever and he's like I don't remember Oof. and uh, yeah dude to talk about it more for like why I like Kevin Spacey, that movie would be big spoiler territory. Well, yeah, we could definitely watch it for our thing one day. Yeah. Uh, we're running into the same problem we had last week. We're 45 minutes in, haven't even hit 
number 20s. All right. Start so rapid, rapid fire. Uh, this one very much so, I think, is the, the epitome of me being objective and subjective at the same time. Mm. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I think it deserves a spot on anyone's top 100 lists. Jojo Rabbit. Such a good film. Have you seen it? Mm. we got to watch Jojo Rabbit soon. Uh, I can't say a lot about it without spoiling it. Um, number 19, Toy Story. It's Toy Story. Hell yeah, it is. Uh, number 20, The Avengers. Uh, number 21, Reservoir Dogs. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 22, Hereditary. Maybe my favorite horror movie. Okay. I was in love with it. We talked about it before. Yeah, I loved it. Um, number 23, The Lighthouse. Love it. So I also like the, the Lighthouse a lot. Yeah. It's like arguably very pretentious, but I don't give a fuck. It is so good. Mm. Uh, number 24, Gardens of the Galaxy. Arguably my favorite sci-fi movie. I think it's especially the first, maybe not so much the second, but the first Guardians of the Galaxy I think stands out so much from all those Marvel movies mm. as its own just... Yeah, when I saw it, I remember liking it a lot, but it's been a long, long yeah. time. Like, I probably saw it in theaters or something. Uh, number 25, Back to the Future. Perfect yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, number 26. Oh, fuck. I made a huge, huge mistake. Oh, no. What'd you put on there? I put a movie on here twice. What movie? We'll skip it <laughs> and come back to it when it's number 100. Number 27, yeah. Walk Hard. Funniest movie. Yeah. So fucking funny. Number 28, Airplane. Talked about my airplane story last week. Number 29, La La Land. We talked about that story a while. I like that movie so much. Number 30, Alien. I watched Alien about seven months ago. Yeah. Uh, aesthetically, one of the coolest movies I've ever mm. seen. I like to rewatch it. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And at that time that I was playing about where I was like, dude, Terminator, dude, Predator. One of the biggest reasons is like, just comes back to something we talked about before, which is like, when I was a kid... All you had to do was be a big guy, and I was like, that's so sick. Yeah. And Alien didn't have a big guy, and yeah. you didn't even see the monster most of the time, and I was like, I'm going to watch Predator again. <laughs> you know, Alien's so good. There are some few, a few cheesy moments where it's like, oh, that's just a dude in a big rubber costume. But besides yeah. that, uh, my whole life, grown up, been into women, but I, here and there, I'm like, I find this man very attractive. I don't know. Is it the android? I don't know what's going on to, going on with me. And then I watched Alien, and I was like, oh, what's going on with me is my ideal is Sigourney Weaver ah, okay. in Alien. Yeah. Oh, she, oh, really gets my goat. Mm. Uh, number 31, Adaptation. Watched it a few weeks ago. Instantly became one of my favorite movies. It's so fucking good. Um, arguably the best I've ever seen, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, so good. Imagine me and you. Oh, so good. Um... Number 32, Blade Runner. Number 33, Spirited Away. Number 34, Scream. Ugh, a classic. Yeah. So Did mine make? I think mine made. Scream made it, I think, yeah. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, so good. I, I, someone today at work, they were having an argument about what movies Freddie Prince Jr. is in, and someone's like, oh, he's in Scream. I'm like, no. But it's Matthew Lillard. They're like, no, I'm pretty sure it's Freddie Prince Jr. I'm like, I will fight you to the ground right now. <laughs> it is absolutely, because I will never forget because it's like so it's such a good movie and it's pretty funny all throughout but that end really gets you when it's mm -hmm. the two of them and they're stabbing each other and it's mm -hmm. like oh fuck this I'm is really losing a lot of blood here and like yeah that makes you giggle and then like she's like she comes back and she's like oh you guys are fucked this and he's like oh my mom's gonna be so mad yeah. that's, it's such a, a cheap joke but it's so fucking good yeah and even just little stuff like I've been saying this and I actually saw a tweet the other day where someone was like you want to talk about range and then they 
post like a four panel of Matthew Lillard in like different roles, and I was like, dude, I've been saying this. One of the most underrated actors, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I think he's such a good actor, and for some reason, just at a certain point, stopped being given quality roles and just decided I'm gonna get this Shaggy Rogers money. Yeah, and good on him. Good on him. Yeah, but fuck, man. Put this guy in movies. He can act. He can act. He can act. Exactly. I think. I. I think maybe. Unfortunately, the thing is, everyone's like, "Oh, that's Shaggy Rogers." Yeah. Anytime anyone sees him in a mm-hmm. movie, they go, "Oh, it's Shaggy." Yeah. So even though he's one of the greatest actors, mm-hmm. he's got to be making that Shaggy money. It oh, seems yeah. to be his only option. But he's so fucking good. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, it's kind of a cringy movie. It's a little hard to sit through. I don't really necessarily stand by it entirely. But like for a long time, I love, love, love SLC Punk. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you ever watched it. No, I've seen bits and pieces. Of yeah, it, but like uh, stuff yeah, like big spoiler or whatever, because it's it's honestly a tough watch. I tried to sit down and make my partner watch it, but I was like, honestly, I can't even. Yeah, you know, it's like a little too. Um, because it's just one of those things where, like, you know, a guy who was probably involved in a punk scene sat down to try to write a movie about like I'm gonna capture the culture, and it just kind of comes off a little caricature esque. Yeah, know? like, um, but yeah. There's a scene where his best friend passes away in his sleep or whatever, and he, like, wakes him up and just, man, the lid just fucking knocks out of the part. Like, like just, like, there's a point where, like, you know, he kind of goes through, like, this seven stages or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at one point he's mad, and he's like, uh, you're not supposed to die, you fucking idiot. Only posers die. And he's, like, crying and yelling. And there's a point where he's, like, just, like, sitting there, like, chewing on his thumb. Kind of, he's like, oh, man. Oh, jeez. Oh. And he just keeps going, like, please wake up now. Please wake up now. Oh, God, I don't have any friends. What am I going to do for friends? You know? No, I don't know if oh, I can watch Matthew Lillard do that. It'll it's destroy me. Brutally acts yeah. the fuck out of it. Such a good actor. Uh, number 35. A movie I thought really hard about putting on this list. Wanted to rewatch it before I did this, but I wanted to watch it with you. But I only put this movie on this list visually because mm-hmm. this is maybe the best looking movie I've ever seen and I watched some clips from it and I think it still holds up number 35 is Only God Forgives yeah Nicholas, seen Nicholas Winding Refn um, or Refn Winding do you know which one's first I've always said Nicholas Winding Refn but it might be the other way around okay I'll go with Winding Refn great movie visually I don't remember it's it's one of those movies that either you don't like it because it's nothing or you like it and you're kind of pretentious. Mm-hmm. I really would also like to rewatch Bronson because Bronson was also a contender for ending up on my list, but I don't remember enough of it. Um, I like Bronson a lot. Bronson's though. on my list, yeah. yeah. I'll just run past it when we get there now. Um, number 36, Royal Tenenbaums, another movie that Chris was like, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. You mm-hmm. gotta watch it. And unlike Blair Witch, I watched this with a room full of people. Fucking loved it. Great, yeah. Great movie. <laughs> Who did we watch it with? Um, I think it was at my old house, so okay. everyone who was usually hanging around there. That's one time. that people I recommend, and that's probably the movie that's the most polarizing. A lot of people are like, yeah, it's quirky. Oh, I think it's great. I think yeah. uh, um, it's it, it it stinks of uh, uh, Wes Anderson, but in the best way. Um, yeah, that was like the first movie, in my opinion, because I've watched all of his films now. Right before that, Rushmore, I think, was the movie that predates that one. Like, it was, like, Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, I think. Okay. I could be forgetting one. But I, I know that Rushmore, I think, is the one that just predates that. And Rushmore is the one where I was like, okay, I'm starting to really see the stink. Because Bottle Rocket, honestly, what Bottle Rocket feels like is, like, you watch it and you're like, oh, this is the movie the Napoleon Dynamite guy saw. Yeah. And then thought, yeah, yeah. I want to make these. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, Rushmore is the one where you're like, oh, this isn't total. This isn't peak Wes Anderson yet. But this is, I can see the stank. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, in my opinion, uh, Royal Tenenbaum starts the peak. 
And then there's things like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, the Life Aquatic and the Darjeeling Unlimited and stuff like that. And Fantastic Mr. Fox, maybe a little less, but like that era is like where he's like really peaked. And then in my opinion, like from like Moonrise Kingdom on, it's been a little bit like, oh yeah, he's doing the Wes Anderson thing. Like even yeah. though he's Wes Anderson, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. he's doing the Wes yeah, Anderson yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs> I mean, is there anything you feel like you wanted to say about why it landed with you? Or um... Real just because I, I just because I recommended it, I'm curious. I guess. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Uh, I it gets me more emotional than any other Wes Anderson movie yeah. I've seen. Um, yeah, it feels like it's got the most heart. There's obviously that part that everybody knows of. I think it still lands. I know it's like tacky to like yeah, like yeah. that for some reason. But, but him uh, kill. Uh, I'm that's not a scene where like uh, yeah, a song is so perfectly. Yeah, like <laughs> that song comes on at work sometimes, and I get a little. Teary I can't out. help but think about him and like just whispering to myself like I'm gonna kill myself tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, uh, but yeah. there is a moment in that movie that's so quick, and it's kind of like happens in the middle of a big thing, and they kind of move on from it immediately. But at the end. Uh, if I remember correctly, the dad comes back and he goes to Ben Stiller and he's like, I'm sorry, I've been a bad father or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, I'd like to be here for you or whatever, whatever he says. Um, and Ben Stiller just looks at him because Ben Stiller's wife is dead. His dad, he goes, it's just been really hard, dad. And he goes, I know it has, son. And I'm here for you or something along those lines. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh. Oh no! I don't know why that got me so hard, but that's the one one of the moments I come back to mm-hmm. all the time. And also, wow, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take this off. And I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking good. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you have more to say about it? No, I was just gonna quote another funny scene. There's that scene where like he's like pouring a drink in his kitchen. Owen Wilson is, and someone's in the living room. And he's like, "I'm sorry," and the guy goes, <laughs> uh, "I didn't say anything." He's like, "Oh, sorry." I've been on mescaline all day. Or <laughs> like um, <laughs> I think I've seen it before in TVs and TV and movie, but that that's like a joke that'll never get old to me. Like when someone's like, "Do you say something?" But they didn't say anything. Like that alone is funny to me. You know? Yeah. Uh, I found out the other day at a conversation with someone at work about Bottle Rocket. I've never seen Bottle Rocket. I saw the short, but I never saw Bottle Rocket. I thought the short was Bottle Rocket. Um. And I'd like to see Bottle Rocket someday. Yeah, it's really neat. I mean, I'm going to give you the long story short rundown, like, not for the sake of spoiling, but I like that it's, like, his most simple movie. Like, yeah. the, the, the Owen Wilson is obsessed for some reason with the idea of just being a thief. Mm-hmm. They're just normal kids, but he wants to be a thief real bad. And you've seen the short. Yeah. And that, that ends up in the movie, the whole thing where they're, like, robbing the place like the movie opens with a robbing a place and then it turns out that they're just robbing like their mom or something yeah it's kind of funny like uh because luke wilson his brother is specifically trying to like orchestrate safe ways for him to outlet this fantasy mm-hmm. so like that's that's where the the bait and switch comes in and he's, he's like i grabbed all the jewelry and like luke's like come on man i told you that was the one thing don't take mom's jewelry you know yeah I mean? um and then there's like a point where like I think they do and they 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 do an actual crime and they think they have to lay low and then one of them like falls in love with a cleaning lady at the hotel they're staying at who doesn't speak English actually and then the last like 30 minutes of the movie is them all putting on like the same yellow jumpers and like playing out this like elaborate like heist that they've planned kind of and obviously it doesn't go well because it's a comedy and it's a Wes Anderson movie and it's just really comprised of like those three things right like them having this fantasy about being you know thieves and like enacting it and then they're laying low for a while and there's like the love thing that happens and then there's the big heist at the end 
and that's kind of it, you know, and mm-hmm. it really doesn't work. All right, I'll run through the next few of these real quick. Isle of Dogs, great-looking movie. Love it. Anomalisa, great movie, another stop-motion movie. Would like to see it. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, 39, Old Boy. Oh, so good. Got to get my hands on it. We got to watch it. Are you talking about the remake or the original? The original. Oh, okay. The remake's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's so bad. Uh, like, I don't know how it would be if you haven't seen the old one, if you haven't seen yeah. Old Old Boy, but uh, after seeing Old Boy, it's like, how, how do you drop the ball? So you have them just, you could have done a psycho and just shot for shot redone it in English. It would have been just as. Oh, yeah, on that so topic, I don't think I ever got around to my story about that. We were talking about that yesterday while we were watching the movie. And the thing that I was saying was, like, I really want to see the Gus Van Sant shot for shot remake. And I was talking about how, like, people were really bummed out about that. And perhaps they did that and it's still bad. But I was like, it's weird to me that, like, things like the, the True Grit remake exist. And that's shot for shot, mm-hmm. basically. And yet people love that and whatnot. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, why don't people love this? But the the, the point I was trying to come to yesterday, I forgot to, was that apparently Gus Van Sant had been hired to basically like do a job, you know? Yeah. And he hated that, apparently, the yeah. story goes. So it was out of spite that he did shot for shot. Yeah. He was basically like, oh, fuck you. Okay, then. That's funny. Here you go. That's very funny. Yeah. Have you ever seen Funny Games? Uh-uh. It's a Swedish movie about, like, just two guys, two Swedish guys, and they're just all away. Like, they show up to this family's house, and they're like, oh, we're going to play some games, and we're going to kill you all. Um, and apparently it was really good, and they hired the The Strangers? Director. You talking about The Strangers? No, it's kind of like The Strangers. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you were going to say that. And then better. they hired him to, you know, and it was The Strangers in No, they, they hired him to make an American version, and he had the exact same two Swedish guys play the killers, and it is a shot-for-shot remake, but just in English. Uh-huh. And apparently they're both just as good as each other, and I'd like to see those as well. Interesting. Um, number 40, I'm so sorry, The Hateful Eight. Number 41, I'm so sorry, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number 42, Halloween. Great. <laughs> number 43, It Follows. Great. Number 44. Yeah, It Follows is pretty good. Yeah. can't believe it, it made you a top 100. That's interesting. Yeah. Not because it's bad or anything like that, but that's just interesting. If I'm throwing in horror movies, yeah. uh, uh, it's uh, It Follows has to be on there. Yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, number 44, The Evil Dead. Ugh, we could talk about The Evil Dead all day. Yeah. So let's do it. Just kidding. No, it's um, one of my favorite movies of all time, yeah. period. We should definitely do an episode. I would like to put it in like top 10 territory, like even yeah. more than the second one. Like I would still say the second one is there's an argument to me for it being better. And like, I like it just as much, but there's something about that first one that I really, really like. Yeah. I think it just nails this like atmosphere. And same, like this, like same with Terminator. It's almost one. like a yeah. comic book movie where like, it's so silly, but it takes itself serious and never really does the whole like, Ooh, but it also never goes so far that it takes itself too serious. Like yeah. it's got exactly the right, understanding of what it is you know yeah it never has the remake where it's just crazy 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 like squeamish uh scary which i think it, it's kind of going for a little bit yeah and it never does the evil dead 2 thing where like uh, the the dead body gets up and starts dancing with its head and like mm-hmm. rolling its head everywhere and stuff like that i think it's great yeah uh number 45 scott pilgrim very important movie to me not a lot more to say about it. Number 46, The Conjuring. I know I just said it about Hereditary. The best horror movie I've ever seen. Probably <laughs> my favorite. Uh, number 47. Alicia was surprised that that didn't make my top 100. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, definitely it's really good. I just, you know, again, like, going into my list, I was just, I was trying to give, like, a little bit higher, like, just a little, like, 
less gut feeling and like let me really try to like do as much research as I can and like look at as many movies as I can and try to jog my memory about like every movie I've seen and stuff and like try not to fire from the hip and like really try to dig a little bit you know okay this one my list is 100% from the hip okay <laughs> Um, number 47, Clerks. Um, in a different way, but just like Fight Club. Watched it being like, fuck, movies are so good. Movies yeah. can be literally anything. It's great. Um, number 48, Terminator talked about it. Number 49, a recent watch for me, Eraserhead. Yeah, you just watched that like two days ago, was it, that you watched that? Uh, yeah, two days ago. Okay. Um, I had seen like the first 45 minutes of it before. Yeah. But was like... It's noon on a Wednesday. This is not the time for me to be watching Eraserhead. Um, and That's yeah, soap time. Yeah. The other day, it was late at night. You and your partner were out here watching a movie. And I was like, you know what? It's a little dank. It's a little dark. I'm in a mood. I'm going to watch Eraserhead. Perfect. Hit so, it's hit so hard. Um, everything I'm always going on about, about Twin Peaks Season 3, just loved it. You just It just steeps you in it, and you're just there. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, I was a little surprised um, how take it with a grain of salt, but straightforward the movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, very abstract, but also at the same time, yeah, having a kid's probably very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, maybe we'll do an episode on it at some point. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, also but, on my list in terms of should I haven't seen that the Elephant Man, you were just talking about it. I agree. We got to watch that soon. But uh, Mulholland Drive and The Lost Highway are the two that I'm really jonesing to get at. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm nervous about... Um, fuck, which one is it? Inland Empire? Lot, maybe Lost Highway. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Is it? Is it Lost Highway or um, Inland Empire that's him just having a cheap video camera and just filming Inland shit? Empire. Yeah. Inland Empire. Yeah, I'm nervous about that one. Because after that, he was like, I'm done making anything ever again because everyone hated it so much. Um, Number 50. This one's a hot take. This one's controversial. Hold on to your butt. Twin Peaks The Return. (laughs) That's not a movie, bro. Bro, it's a movie. Bro, it is an 18-hour movie. (laughs) Okay. As someone who watched it. I was anticipating another Tarantino placement. uh, (laughs) Would that lead in? I think we're done with those. Uh, as someone who has watched it all in one sitting, yeah, it is a fucking. It's an eighteen-hour movie. One sitting is an insane thing to do, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like it a lot. You know. Yeah. Um. Fifty-one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Um, you uh, little cheater. More, more so than the Racerhead. Again, I think you just you just fucking marinate in it. And if you didn't have to marinate in it, it would probably be a two-hour movie. But I think it is. Oh, it's so good. I can't even can't even i'm sure we'll get to it at a later date um number 51 blazing saddles um one of the only older movies i think still holds up that's i mean comedy wise yeah a lot of it's like oh you got to kind of watch it with like a a 70s sensibility to it i think even though you know with its it's a blazing saddles but i think a lot of it still really 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 holds up yeah uh, 52, What We Do in the Shadows. Great movie. Mm-hmm. You got to see it. I've seen it. Have you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I love Jermaine Clemens. I love Taika Waititi. Um, 
not not much more to say about it. Just one of the. And there you go. There's another example. I've been thinking about it since I said it on the podcast, and you're about ready to crucify me for saying that the uh, British Office would be one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So influential. Did I Parks and Rec wouldn't exist? What we do in the shadows wouldn't exist. Did I There's crucify so many... you for that? You were pretty. You were pretty. You were like. You're you're a little. You're a little. Treat me like it was a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. I think it had a huge cultural impact. There are a lot of YouTube channels that like also stole the like talking heads kind of thing mm-hmm. or whatever. I think it really, really did. Um, and it's so crazy to think like, because as a person, I'm lukewarm to Ricky Gervais. Yeah. I'm not going to go either way about it, but it's just crazy to me that like the guy who had like a weird like flock of seagull style 80s yeah one yeah, yeah, hit yeah. when he was in his 20s then went on to be on the radio and then wrote a season of tv two seasons of a tv show that just changed the world in a very small way but like yeah had very broad influence you know i think we're gonna have to run back the tape i don't think i crucified you for that i'm probably being hyperbolic oof, but oof, you were definitely kind of like oof. yeah okay we'll see yeah uh number 53 another hot take yeah. I thought real, real long and real hard about putting this on my hundred favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite, um, the older I get, the more I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, which feels like it's one of those movies that it should definitely be the opposite. The older I get, I should probably think Napoleon Dynamite's dumber and dumber. Every time I see it, I think it's funnier funnier. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, I had three copies of the movie at one point because my mom kept <laughs> buying it for me for Christmas. My uh, English teacher would show it to us every year before Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, Netflix sent this to me on accident. They meant to send it to my neighbor, and they brought it to me instead. And I was like, well, I guess I'll watch it. Funniest movie I've ever seen, so I just kept it. <laughs> um, I will sometimes laugh, like chuckle out loud to myself just thinking about the part where, like, he's just standing by the lockers and someone pushes him into the locker, and then they walk by and he goes, Oh, it's so good. It's just such... Uh, what I think about the most is the milk tasting contest where he's like, this one tastes like maybe the milk got into an onion patch. <laughs> this one tastes a little bit like bleach. <laughs> I think I... Oh, yeah. Uh, that's enough about Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, number 54, When Hot American Summer. Okay. You ever seen it? Yes. Love it. Yeah. Um, 55, In Bruges, another movie that you made me watch. Yeah. Didn't disappoint again. 56, Burn After Reading. I want to see that. Got to see it. On your recommendation. Uh, I always thought it was a Coen Brothers movie that fell a little flat from what I'd heard. Yeah, I think that is kind of the general consensus, but I still really enjoy it. A similar movie like that is uh, something Alicia's always gone on about. She didn't even know. I told her the other day. I was like, yeah, I've just never seen it because when it came out, like the cultural, not the cultural, the critical reception was kind of like, yeah, this is kind of like three movies because it's told in like three Mm -hmm. sections. Uh, and one of them is obviously the one we want the most of, and the other two can't really be bothered about. Like, this is a little weak. But apparently it's garnishing a huge cult following. It is actually one of those movies that, like, you know, in threads of, like, what, what movie do you think in a couple of years is going to be looked back on differently? Like, give it, a, like, 10 years' time. What movies do you think are going to be, like, the ones that people are like, oh, shit, we slept on this? Uh, the Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. But that's another one. That and Burn After Reading are two movies that, like I said, like my initial reaction was like, eh, I could probably skip it. But now people have been talking about it. I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah, it was it was one of those movies that, you know, I'd heard that about it forever. Is that lukewarm? Yeah. Um, and, like, I think I had just seen Fargo 
or had just watched No Country or something like that and like scrolled up uh, past that. And I was like, you know what? I trust the Coen brothers, even if this is just an okay movie. I'll probably like something about it. And I loved it. I think yeah. it's great. Um, number 57, The Breakfast Club. Okay. It's only 80s, like John Hughes' Teenage Dream movie that actually, that, like, I think still resonates yeah. with me today. Um, so powerful at the end. Like, don't you. Yeah, it's so good. Forget about me. I don't, my, don't, don't, don't. My dad showing it to me as a, as a kid yeah. and not really getting it because I was probably a little bit too young for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it just as time went on and I like watched watch it more and more, I was like, no, oh, no, fuck this. This movie fucks. It's yeah, and it's, a, it's also a movie where like I'm filled with such a sense of like feeling like I'm in high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it though, feels like yesterday. It feels yeah. like it's got a nostalgia to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, number 58, The Nice Guys. Love a good Shane Black buddy comedy movie. Love a good Ryan Gosling movie. I'm fine with Russell Crowe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I like think Russell Crowe. I think it's really funny. I do like Russell um, Crowe. He's my favorite part of Man of Steel. Mc- not Michael Shannon? Russell Crowe? I will find him! It's the best. It's yeah, so good. It's, it's only a good scene. The best part of that movie. It's the best scene, yeah. But you're yeah, right. He killed that movie. Yeah, but you're right when Russell Crowe gives him the speech. But like, you will be an ideal for the people of Earth to stride toward. They will, fall, they will, they will stumble. They will fall, and they will fall. But eventually, they will join you in the sun. He didn't stutter. He didn't stutter as much as I did, but it's still good. Um, number fifty-nine. I probably should have switched these two, but number fifty-nine, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Uh, dark horse of a movie. I'd absolutely love it. Yeah. I think it, uh, not enough people have seen it. Yeah, made my list. I keep trying to get Elisa to watch. Yeah, it. one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I yeah, fucking love hilarious. It. And it's also one of those things, like, in my opinion, like. In terms of some of the situations the characters end up in slash put themselves in because of their ineptitude, it's like Coen Brothers level of, like, just kind of farce. Yeah. You know? Like the, you know, Val Kilmer shooting the lock, but then it shoots the dead body, and then they push it into the lake, but then, you know, Robert Downey Jr. throws it into the lake, and he's like, what's going to happen when they they drag drag the the lake? lake? You know? And it also, like, the added detail, like, again, it's just those little details that, again, like, put it, in my opinion, on, like, the Coen Brothers level where it's like, this was a special gun, one of one, that my mom yeah, ordered yeah. for me for my birthday. <laughs> it's not going to be hard to trace. It, or it's going to be it's gonna be very easy to trace is, like, yeah. the point, you know. And I love, um, same, uh, same with the nice guys, but when a joke happens that you can see a mile away, uh-huh. they sell it afterwards. Mm-hmm. What happens after the joke is funny, like especially and kiss, kiss, bang, bang. The way I always come back to is when he puts the one bullet in the gun, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Where is the girl?" And he shoots him in the head, and he's like, "Oh shit, oh god!" And he's like, "You put a, you put a live round in that gun," <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Well, yeah, no, I thought like one in eight, right?" And uh, he's like, "No, you fucking moron!" And then uh, Val Kilmer's phone starts ringing. He's on the phone with somebody else. He's like, "Well, yeah, no, we're hearing that." And uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s like. Well, eight divided by six, uh, eight times uh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Falcon was on point. He's like, stop multiplying. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, number 60, probably going to be like Twin Peaks. If it's a TV show, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm try- I was trying to put documentaries in here. Okay. I think of my favorite documentaries. And this is arguably a TV. No. <laughs> arguably a docu-series. Is it the Jinx? No, no, it is arguably a docu- only right answer. I've, it's arguably a docu series, but I've never watched it in parts. Every time I watch it, it gets me, and I watch the whole thing. It's the Beatles. It's the Jinx. It's the Beatles oh, mythology. Beatles. Okay. Uh, it's great. It's the only Beatles documentary that I don't despise. 
Well, despise is the wrong word, but you, most of them is just like, oh, and did you know that their last performance was on a rooftop? It's like, yeah, fuck it, yeah, I know, everybody knows. Uh, but the Beatles anthology is it's good. Um, number 61, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. You ever seen that? Nope. Great movie. Just about uh, this man, um, this old man, Jiro, in Japan, uh, owns like a five-star Michelin uh, sushi restaurant. You have to like... They, it, his restaurant only holds like 15 people and you have to like get a reservation months and months and months and months in advance and like the whole experience when you get there is about 15 minutes he makes you just a thing of sushi what like I think what he thinks you'll like yeah and he gives it to you you get it and you fuck off mm-hmm. um and just yeah just talks about his life just dedicated to the to that craft um he looks like a Japanese version of my grandfather and reminds me of my grandfather which is probably why I like the movie so much mm-hmm. um and, like, yeah, they talked to his son, who is also, like, who's considered, like, the second best sushi chef in the world. Mm-hmm. And his son's, like, they talked to him a bit, and he's got this really nice sports car. He's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to be a race car driver. That's That was my dream. That's what I wanted to do. But my dad is Jiro, so I have to be a sushi chef. It's just kind of how life works. And they also show his restaurant. And Jiro is right-handed, but his son is left-handed. So his son's restaurant is exactly the same, but it's just mirrored mm-hmm. because of the way they do things and since he's left-handed just yeah it makes more sense to just mirror the restaurant yeah like even for the way like the like the seating arrangements and stuff like that it's very cool i highly recommend it you ever seen uh, midnight diner tokyo stories i have i've seen a few episodes yeah. it's pretty fun it's a good one i like that one a lot uh number 62 midnight diner i'm just kidding <laughs> um number 62 three identical strangers um just a romp of a documentary i feel it gets pretty sad at some point, but main uh, main conceit of it is this guy goes to college. And he's like, yeah, college is great. It's my first day. Everybody's so nice to me, and people are very friendly and familiar with me. And he goes to his room, and some guy comes in and goes, what is your name? And he tells him. He's just like, do you know blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no. And he's like, come with me right now. I like, they go to a pay phone, and he's like, ah, he's talking to the guy on the phone. And he's just like, yeah, you got to talk to this guy. And he gets on the phone, and he's like, yeah, who are you? And turns out a guy who went there before him looks exactly like him and they meet up and they both put put it together that they're adopted mm-hmm. and they're twin brothers and they get and reconnected a third that way. one and they get reconnected that way and it makes the news and the newspaper's like hey these identical brothers separated at birth fucking ended up going to the same college and they found each other isn't that great and then it cuts to some dude reading a newspaper that's like fuck these two guys look exactly like me and it turns out yeah they're three identical strangers they're three brothers who were split up at birth um if you don't give the next point to heavyweight. What? The podcast. That's a joke. <laughs> um, and yeah, the whole, uh, like the documentary kind of like takes a downward turn because like, the, all the parents of these three kids, the, the adopted parents are like, this is weird because if I had known that there were two other ones, I definitely would have adopted all three of those boys. Yeah. And they go to the, I'm ruining the documentary for you, but it's, I still highly recommend watching it. They go to the adoption agency and the adoption agency is like, yeah, just around the time 20 years ago when these kids were getting adopted, that was just kind of common practice. Yeah. Um, a lot of people wanted kids and not a lot of people would have taken three kids. And one of the dads is like, I would have taken the fucking kids if you told me there were three of them. They're yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, that's just not how they do it. And the parents are like, well, fuck. All right. And so the, this group of six parents leave. And they're going back to their cars, and one of the dads is like, fuck, I forgot my umbrella. And he goes back inside, and the people at the adoption agency are literally popping champagne and being like, fuck, can't believe we got away with that. 
<sighs> and they're like, what the fuck is going on? And they're like, uh, uh, you need to leave. And like, as it just goes on, you find the documentary, there was like a government program designed specifically to split up siblings and twins and stuff at adoption agencies to like study just nature versus nurture to see yeah. how the kids turn out. Yeah. And Interesting. Like, that reminds me of a couple of documentaries I've read about recently about like, yeah, this one was about a guy like, I don't know, like looking into like a family of like clowns or like sleep street performers or something like that. And then just like pretty early on, they were like, oh no, it's about the dad who fucks kids. Oh. For sure. It's about the dad who fucks kids. Forget wow. the clown thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are a couple documentaries like that that I was reading about on Reddit the other day that I was like, fuck, I got to watch Into the Woods or whatever it's called, you know? Uh, number 63, uh, I don't remember the name of it, the Tom Petty documentary. It's four hours long. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, I even, uh, It's called Heartbreaker. It's not. Um, it is a – Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers are a band that I like, and I think they are good. I like that song, You're So Bad. Oh, yeah. you're so bad. But when I watch that Tom Petty documentary, I'm like, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers are the best fucking band to ever exist. It's so It's my good. grandma's favorite band. They're great. They're rest in peace. Rest in peace, Grandma. Rest in peace, Tom Petty. Number 64, <laughs> uh, Catch Me If You Can. Just a great, great, altogether simple movie. I, uh, a point I, I bring up when we talk about the nice guys, just a good movie. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, yeah, I'm the themes here and the way this is shot and this just a fucking good movie i love it every just time it's to, on anywhere or i yeah. see it on like netflix i'm like i'm gonna turn this on and i'm like fuck i just watched all catch me if you can yeah it's so good in the beginning i was like wait this is not now you see me right okay yeah, yeah. it's the leo yes. tom hanks movie mm-hmm. um number 65 at eternity's gate you ever seen that mm-hmm. well i'm the full plays uh van gogh okay uh it's really moving and visually stunning. Okay. Because it, like, looks like a Van Gogh painting, but not in, like, hit you over the head kind of way. Yeah. Just, like, here and there, some colors will pop that yeah. you notice, like, a Van Gogh painting uh, and stuff like that. But, again, none of it hits you over the head. Um, and it's, like, surprisingly sad because you never really think about Van Gogh that much, like, being an insane person. Like, you just you know about it, but you never really think of, like, just his day-to-day life. Yeah. And there's, like, a point, points where there's, like, why did you cut off your ear? And he's like, I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Like, did you do that for this girl? And he's like, yeah, that sounds like me. That's probably something I would have done. And they're like, why would you think that's a good idea? And he's like, I'm an insane person. You guys, I do not know. Uh, it's great. Uh, number 66, last documentary on here, Jim and Andy. Okay. I'm familiar. It's good. Not seen it though. It. Yeah. It is pretentious. Jim Carrey comes off as kind of a dick. He has for years, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, um, I'm just not a big fan of the whole, like, oh, I just realized that, like, well, I'm pretending every day to be Jim Carrey. I could just pretend to be somebody else. There yeah. is no Jim Carrey. Yeah. I, I hate, made him up. I hate that shit. But when you watch Jim and Andy, you're like, okay. I understand how it could I see happen, where you're coming from. you know, if you're, like, really, like, changing the way you behave 24-7 for as long as you shoot a movie. Um, but also... Because, like, that's what it sounds like it's about, is him just yeah. being like, no, I'm straight up Andy Kaufman. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Months. And it does such a good job of just, you buy into that shit mm-hmm. by the end of it. That's why I think it's such a good documentary. Um, that, like, I think a good documentary is a pretty subjective truth mm-hmm. most of the time. It is a story more so than anything else. 
Oh, but sure. I think it is also nice that he's out there putting that kind of message out there because in my mind, at least, it boils down to the idea that, like, hey, you know those things you don't like about yourself? You're choosing to do that yeah, every no, exactly. day. You can yeah, just do something you. else, you know? Yeah, he's, like, very roundabout and pretentious about it, but he's very much, it's very much so the message of it is, like, yeah. you don't have to box yourself in. Even yeah. if you're a movie star Jim Carrey, you don't have to be a movie star Jim Carrey yeah. anymore. I wish he could come to a better point about it sometimes because, like, like you said, it does seem like a lot of the times it's just bogged down and like, okay, Jim carries off on a pretentious rant. Yeah. So but I highly recommend Jim and Andy because it comes off as least as as unpretentious as I think it is yeah. ever has. It's still pretentious. Yeah. Um, but I think it works. Number sixty-seven. I said I wasn't gonna put sequels on here, but I think this one's an exception. We've already put the Terminator Two on there, bro. Ooh, good point. Well, the second sequel I have on here <laughs> is Rocky Two. Okay. I don't think it's as good as Rocky. No. I think it's pretty fucking close, though. Uh, I think it's, it's just so weird because, like, I... Uh, just as a blanket statement, because I don't want to get into it, all the Rocky sequels are good. And so was the original. But it's, like, a weird thing where, like, Rocky is a really good low-budget, like, indie, full-of-heart movie, and then they just tacked, like, four, like, seemingly, like, high-budget, like, you know, in terms of just fun factor and like being a good movie, like Back to the Future kind of style, just like, hey, it's a movie. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's so weird that those are all like attached to like the. Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. And I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Except for Rocky 2. Yeah. The thing that gets me the most about Rocky 2 is mm-hmm. it feels exactly like Rocky 1. Okay. And it just feels like. It's been years since I've seen the sequels. I highly recommend Rocky 2. Uh, and none of the rest of them. But I think Rocky 2, just because it picks up, like, the rest of them will pick up, like, the start of Rocky 3 starts with the fight from Rocky 2, and the start of Rocky 4 starts with the fight at the end of Rocky 3. But Rocky 2 starts at the end, fight from Rocky 1, and then cuts to him in the hospital. Okay. And then the day after. And then the day after, and then the day after. And it just it just feels like Rocky is Rocky one keeps going. That's yeah. what it feels like. And when you think about it, it's like, okay, they're just doing the fight again, mm-hmm. but this time Rocky's going to win. That feels a little cheap, but at the same time, I'm like, fuck yeah, Rocky won. I'm so excited about yeah. this. Yes. He won in the first movie spiritually, but now he won one and it's great. Number 68, taxi driver. Good movie. Don't got a lot to say about it. Um, 69 Joker, Joker. No, was number 69. Goldeneye. Okay. I like James Bond a lot. I don't think we've ever talked about them. I've only ever seen Goldfinger. I haven't seen a lot of the old ones. Just Goldfinger. That's all I've seen. Okay. I haven't seen a lot of the old ones. Oh, I thought you said, have you seen a no. lot of the old ones? Um, I haven't seen a lot of the old ones. Um, and I'd like to someday watch all of them. As would I, yeah. Uh, a um, Bond-a-thon. That'd be great. But Pierce Brosnan Bond, just growing up, it's just the fucking coolest yeah just in my heart of hearts still i just love a good pierce brosnan bond um i love skyfall i think that might be arguably the best james bond movie but like every time i go back and rewatch it i'm like oh fuck i don't want to sit through all of skyfall again so <laughs> when i really think about it and i really go back and i rewatch a bond movie i think dollars to know that's the best james bond movie is goldeneye for sure um and i think uh even though it's you know James Bond. I think James Bond doesn't get enough credit. I think James Bond is great. I think it's gone on so long because it 
can be great. Sometimes they can be the worst movies ever made. I think sometimes they're the best, some of the best movies ever made. Uh, number 70 is 12 Angry Men. You ever seen 12 Angry Men? I've not. 12 Angry Men is great. Had to watch it for like a social studies class when yeah. they were teaching us about law or something like that. But it just blew me away. I was hooked. I think I've seen it four or five times. Great movie. Just guys on trial for murder. The 12 jurors go into a room. Men. Get angry. And they're, they're no, they're like pretty calm. Oh, okay. And they're like, guilty. This dude fucking did it. And it gets to one guy and he's like, I don't think he did it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? You're starting to get 11 angry men here. And he's like, <laughs> no, li- listen. And the whole movie takes place in one room. And it just spoilers. This one guy convinces the rest of the guys to fucking not convict this guy of fucking murder. And it's great. And it's just like a, a procedural uh, crime drama. But it happens in one room with just 12 guys instead of like watching um, uh, the Law and Order folk run around town. They're just, yeah, just these guys uh, were having to watch a whole like To Kill a Mockingbird court scene. And it's just what happens after that. And these guys just all figure it out and do the detective work themselves. We should definitely watch it sometime. Okay. Number 71, Interstellar. I think it is Christopher Nolan's best movie. I know we're always complaining. Movies need to be 90 minutes. I think uh, Interstellar is maybe like two and a half hours, but I think it definitely deserves to be two and a half hours. Um, no movie has made me cry the way Interstellar has made me cry. Have you seen Interstellar? Nod yes or no? Um, when you get Chris nodded, yes. I got up to get a cough drop. Yeah. Um, and I'm vamping. I'm doing a great job. Um, when they're on that planet for just a little bit too long and they're like oh fuck I hope that wasn't too bad and they get back on the ship and that dude's like 15 tw- years yeah that dude's like 20 years older it's like oh no that's sad and then when Matthew McConaughey's watching the messages from his kids and it's just his son and you never see his daughter it's like oh fuck and he's crying and it's like oh fuck and then it just cuts to Jessica Chastain I think that's the one who's in it and she's got red hair so you know it's his daughter it's like oh no and she's like hey dad uh, today's my birthday, mm-hmm. and I am the age that you were when you left. And it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, and it just gets me. Very yes. Nice. Um, I'd agree that Interstellar is a great movie. Not going to lie to you. Because it's, it's so weird, like, how some things bother you and others don't. Like, Tarantino gets a bad rap, but I'm like, nah, man, fuck it. Those movies are great. Um... I love The Prestige a lot. I love Memento. It gets a little rocky around Inception and Interstellar. I, like, I still undeniably like Interstellar is a great one or whatever. But to me, it's got a little bit of that um, Rick and Morty stank on it just because like the people I've met who are like, dude, Christopher Nolan's my favorite director. Yeah. I'm always like, oh my god. No, I get it. Yeah, I'd rather definitely. be in the depths of hell right now than sitting here oh, with this person. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> But, so I'm not coming at you or anything like that, but that's one of the things oh no, that I feel I like it. Yeah, yeah. it ends up always like just putting a lit, like, like I'll think about it. I'll be like, yeah, Interstellar is really great. And I'll be like, would I ever out loud be like, dude, you should see Interstellar. Like, yeah, no, no probably not. <laughs> I can't do that. I just can't. <laughs> it's, I think it's got that. He's got that Rick and, Mor- Rink and Morty, Rick and Morty stink. Brick and mortar stink. Because A, the Dark Knight and mm-hmm. B, um, insects. He's always wearing suits. He's always wearing suits. Uh, but Inception, it's yeah. Inception. It's a meme, and it's a point, meme yeah. because it it is Rick and Morty levels. Like, oh, this movie's so deep, and it's yeah. like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It is fucking. It is a good movie, but also, it's not that deep, bro. Yeah, you know, also like that. I thought about putting on my list that was another movie that was like, 
critically not well received, but I genuinely like a lot. I love Shutter Island. Yeah. I like Shutter put, Island yeah, a lot. Should have put Shutter Island on there. I'd like to rewatch Shutter Island. I watched it with I'll my, watch it anytime. I dig it. I watched it with my dad for the first time. Uh-huh. We are, I'm not joking, five minutes in this movie. My dad goes, he's in the asylum. He's one of the patients. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, five minutes in my dad goes, yeah, he's a patient in the asylum. And I was like, really? And he's like, well, yeah, no, it's definitely how this movie's going to end. <laughs> the entire movie. I was like, fuck, he's right. That's why how this movie's going to end. <laughs> uh, so that kind of ruined it for me, and I'd like to re-see it. Um, number 72, Gone Girl. Love oh, it. yeah. Dude, I totally forgot about Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Mm. Fucking rips. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I remember very distinctly being in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I think I feel this way with every David Fincher movie I see, but this one more so than the rest of them. She's like, I am so fucking into this movie right yeah. now. I am That's so That's definitely a movie where I had that. I can remember like the first 20 minutes or so just being like, this going to blow. Yeah, it's kind of melodramatic, and I don't care about these characters. And then there's just that like first thing that happens. I can't remember exactly what is the very first thing that happens, but immediately I was like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm so in." Oh yeah. Oh, I've never been more into a movie before in my life. Is it when it shows her in the car? I don't know. I don't remember what happens first. Okay. I know I've seen the movie like two or three times because that's a movie I've made people watch. Because I'm like, yeah. no, dude, I swear. So the first half hour, you're gonna be like, fuck this, and then the thing happens. Yeah. And from then on, you're like, oh, no. I have it. We should watch it soon. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, number 73, Uncut Gems. Haven't seen it yet. Great. Would like to. Adam Sandler's great. Uh, you like You it. like it more than Good Time or Good Time more, you think? Um, By a hair, I think I like Good Time more. Yeah. Um, They're both, they're pretty much the same movie. Mm-hmm. Or it's just the whole time you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then it just, like, my biggest problem with these two movies, spoiler, 74 is good time. These are two are right next to each other, so I can talk about them both at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just end. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, again, journey destination thing. But it with a movie that is so high tension the entire time, where they both kind of just are over, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. And just with what's happening with these characters, this is the only logical solution. So, yeah, okay, I buy it. But it's a good movie. We should see it. Uh, you should see it. Number 75 is Bronson. Great. Nice. Yeah. All my life, I won't be famous. Can't so sing. Can't fucking act. Uh, my favorite part of that movie, I don't know why, but I always think about it whenever somebody has his name. But he's, like, talking to that girl that's his girlfriend. And he's like, are you seeing someone? Is there someone else? She goes, yeah. And he goes, what's his name? She's like, Brian. And he goes, Brian. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, 76, Rocky Balboa. Nice. I think it's the only other good Rocky sequel. Yeah. I love it. Oh, when he's fucking just old-ass Sylvester Stallone is talking to old-ass, oh, I can't remember what his friend's name is, in the meat lockers. And he's like, Rocky, why are you, why are you trying to go out and fight? He's like, oh, no, I feel like I just still got some stuff in the basement. You know, it's like, oh. So good. There's that f- movie came out in 2005, I think. 2006. Six? Or eight. 2008. Or eight. I'm going to say 2008. Let's look it up real quick because I'm about to make a statement that's going to make me a fool if I don't have the year right. Oh, I'm going to sneeze big, too. What's wrong with me? You're just at every end today. Yeah, what if I uh, you know, was getting sick or something? They'd be bad. Yeah? 2006. 
That movie's so fucking 2006. Yeah, it really is, yeah. It just stays so 2006. It. I love it, though. Especially when they show that ESPN footage of CGI Rocky fighting CGI new guy. Mm-hmm. It was like, yo, bro, I've seen video games from 2006. You <laughs> could do better than this. Yeah. Uh, 77 Green Room. Do we watch Green Room together? I watched like the first 20 minutes with you before getting distracted by something else. Okay. So um, I still have to finish Green Room. I would start from the top, obviously, but yeah, I do have to see. It is like Good Time and... Um, in a much more gross out way from what I've Uncut heard. Gems, yeah, it is It is a horror movie that is so incredibly stressful. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, just a punk band goes and plays at a Nazi club because they need money and they see someone get murdered. And then they're just trapped there. It's just the Nazis trying to kill them through mm-hmm. the whole movie and it's fucking and so tense. Jean-Luc Picard. Play, he, he, he's my least favorite part of that movie probably. Okay. Because he's just playing Walter White. That's all he's doing. Yeah. It's very... It's unfortunate. He's good in it, though. Not bad. Uh, number 78, movie that's very important to me. I don't think we've ever talked about it. Grease. Yeah. Growing up, watched Grease fucking all the time. My sister was very into it, and I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't equally as into it. Absolutely love that movie. I don't like, uh, as everybody always points out, don't like the rapey overtones. But besides that, I think it's just a fun romp. Also, the message at the end sucks where he's like, oh, now that you changed from me, I'm into you. Now that you're a Grease chick, I like you and we can be together. All that shit sucks. Yeah. But just something about Grease is just brings me back. It's just very nostalgic. I think it's, I mean, no, I don't think. I know it's not a 50s movie, but at the same time, if I watch it, I'm like, ah, the 50s. Yeah. It just feels authentic to a time I have no relation to. Yeah, it's also odd because it's another example of like, countless examples of how like in the 70s they were obsessed with the 50s yeah yeah you know it's weird how like some decade obviously i think every decade has it but there are some decades that just stink of like being nostalgic for another one like right now i think we're 20 years removed from the 90s and we're just in love with the 90s you know yeah and oddly enough about the 90s they were just in love with the 70s yeah yeah you know? in the 70s i was in love with the 50s um number 79 don't got a lot to say about it Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot of people sing very That's high, high praises about it. As somebody who has grown up just absolutely loving Spider-Man, I think it is arguably the best Spider-Man movie, especially since it's not about Peter Parker. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Yeah, like especially since it's about not Peter Parker, it really nails home the central character and message of what Spider-Man is all about. Yeah. And it works really well by imprinting it on somebody else. And also having Spider-Man, Peter Parker, be there, but not be the main character. It's great. Jake Johnson from New Girl plays Spider-Man. He is arguably the best Spider-Man because he is kind of just comic relief. That's great. And I think Spider-Man works the best when he's that. Uh, Number 80, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Documentary about Mr. Rogers. No. No, it's a a documentary about uh, Mr. Rogers. Um, I went and saw it in a movie theater with a girl, and I cried. She didn't talk to me for a while after that. Don't care. (laughs) 81, RoboCop. Yeah. Have you seen RoboCop? Yeah. I rented it when I was, you know, same age with the Terminator and the Mm -hmm. Predator obsession thing, and I was like, these are like the Freddy, Jason, and Leatherface of sci-fi movies, you know? I gotta see all of these. I have the director's cut of RoboCop, and I haven't seen it. Yeah. But I just, it feels for some reason like a a Magnolia, where for some reason I'm like, I gotta plan my day around this. I don't have to, it's just RoboCop, but for some reason I'm like, I gotta gotta plan a day to watch the director's cut of RoboCop. Is it long? I don't know, I don't don't even know. Uh, Number 82, The Warriors. 
That almost made my list. Um, besides that one scene where one of the main characters breaks off from the group and goes, Hey, I'm going to rape this woman. I think it's a good movie. It's yeah. just dumb. Well, to be fair, fun. it's about gang members. I know it's yes. cartoony and silly, but like. Yes. It's great. Uh, me and my friends were obsessed about obsessed with it when we were kids. Um, it still holds a really There was also that video room. game. I wanted it so bad. I wanted that video game. That video game was so fucking good. That was the next part. Was, was it really? Say. We'd play the game. We'd play the game and watch the movie God. all the time. I used to look at it in Game Informer and just be like, please, God. It was to me. Uh, Bless me. I have it. If you'd Creator like of the heavens and the earth. I have it if you'd like to play it sometime. Um, it is Bully. It yeah. plays exactly like Bully. It's so good. Um, number 83. I don't like talking about this movie because it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel like a dumb little little superhero baby. Logan. I love Logan so much. Logan's a good one. I'd love to watch more westerns, but something about westerns makes me a little sleepy. And I'd love to get into them more. The, re- the remake of 310 to Yuma is a really good one. I not sleepy. I'd like to watch it. It's tense. And the way to make me not sleepy in a movie is to put Wolverine in it. Mm. So Logan works perfectly. Um, number 84, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Nice. Uh, 85, UHF, the Weird Al movie. Mm-hmm. Watched that religiously with my friend Jacob Evosizer and his kids. Uh, like every time I'd say the night at his house. And I'd say the night at his house sometimes like three, four times a week. Mm-hmm. We'd fucking watch UHF. The movie's so fucking funny. I saw Weird Al in car- concert once. Didn't know that. And when he goes to do the costume changes, they just play parts of UHF on the fucking <laughs> uh, 86, Lars and the Real Girl. You ever seen it? Mm-hmm. Great movie. Number 87, a movie I really didn't want to watch. Chris kind of talked me into it. Peeping Tom. Yeah. Peeping Tom. Made your list. Loved it. Yeah. 88, American Psycho. I think we talked about it during yours. Mm-hmm. Chef's Kiss. Chef's Kiss. 89, I talked to you about it briefly because I was like, I'm surprised this didn't make your list. And then you kind of talked me out of putting it on my list. And I was like, no, nah, fuck it. I'm going to put 500 days of somewhere on my list anyway. Yeah. Uh, number 90. Well, you want to talk about 500 days real quick? Sure. Yeah, it's really a good movie, but again, it just—it's almost, in my opinion, a little—it's—it's it's a little like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, mm-hmm. where like it just has like a very, very like less than mild like kind of like I don't know like cult controversy around it, you know, where like everybody's like, like nowadays it's almost like to a degree like to say like Scott Pilgrim is your favorite movie is to like be like. Oh, I love Holden Caulfield or whatever. Yeah, yeah, kind of, or, yeah no, exactly. Yeah. Similar thing with Five Hundred Days of Summer. Like, I think a lot of people get the idea that like, oh, it's your favorite movie. I feel like there's a chance you don't understand it then. Yeah, which is yeah, a pretentious remember, thing to say. <laughs> like, I remember having that conversation with you when we first lived together. And I was like, yeah, but you know, he's the bad guy, and you're like, oh, I don't really think so. And I was like, mm. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear you've come around. Um, but I still think. It is uh, 500 Days of Summer, Scott Pilgrim, and Fight Club, I think, are all in those categories. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, someone's like, oh, fuck, that's my favorite movie. It's like, do you and your friends beat each other up in the basement? Because I feel like they <laughs> might have got the wrong message out of Fight Club. Yeah. But the only thing I don't like about that movie to this day, 500 Days of Summer, is I don't like that it ends with him meeting another girl. I like that, though, because he doesn't learn a lesson. Yeah, but... I don't like that the movie like makes you think that he learned the lesson of like, oh look, I can better myself, but instead it ends up being that bettering himself was just so he could meet another girl. 
guess. I know. I I think I think the point of that and him meeting Autumn is like, womp womp, didn't learn his lesson. And I like that. I think it's a fine ending. Yeah. Um, but it does. I guess overall, it's kind of a detriment to the movie when the general viewing audience would probably see it and go, "Oh, he's gonna be fine now. Mm-hmm. He met a new girl." Mm-hmm. Uh, number 90. Last action hero. I love that growing up. It's been a while. Same. Same. Th- uh, third Schwarzenegger movie to be out here, <laughs> which is very surprising yeah. to me. Um, boo, 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 boo. <sighs> this is the third time this movie shows up? What? The way you were scoffing, I thought perhaps you'd listed the same movie three times because earlier you said you listed the same movie twice. No, I listed a different movie. <laughs> oh, okay. What? Uh, so I'll replace it. Number 91, Blues Brothers. Okay. It was going to make an honorable mention. It's not the best movie. Got a lot of great music in it. Got a lot of, like, big musical acts in mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's a lot of fun. And it's just one of those movies that's, like, there's not a lot to it. But just very clearly, everyone wa- everyone making this movie is just having a blast. Mm-hmm. So you have a blast watching it. Uh, there's it. I don't even know if it's supposed to be played for laughs, but something that makes me laugh all the time, and I think about it all the time for some reason. There's a part where um, Dan Aykroyd is going to break into somewhere, and he just takes his hat off and punches it through a window, and then puts his hat back on. It's so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I highly recommend Blues Brothers. You should watch it. Um, is there another devil? Yeah. Oh no. Um, uh, uh, punch your hat. Come on, right through the window. Uh, fucking, I'm trying to think of my honorable mentions that didn't get on here. Uh, uh, number 92 is uh, Wayne's World. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> number 93, Shaun of the Dead. Nice. Number 94, Magnolia. I'm sure we'll talk about it much more. Mm-hmm. Just watch it last night. Immediately made my list. Number 95, Wally. Uh, number 96, Chasing Amy. Great movie. Just like, uh, I think, 500 Days of Summer. Main guy doesn't really learn his lesson, mm-hmm. but you learn the lesson while watching yeah. the movie. Yeah, I think that one's also like a really important one that I feel like to this day, guys, still just struggle with. And... Yeah. Just yeah. the idea that, like, and it's tied into, like, misogyny and just thinking women are property, but just that, like, insecurity that around, uh, like, surrounds, like, um, you know, feeling inadequate because, like, they've had sex with other people and yada, yada, yada. Um, and, yeah, it's just really cool, in my opinion, to see like, Kevin Smith just be, like, honest and, like, very, like, genuine and, like, just real about it. Um, I think it is. Some of, like, his... Like grossest part of becoming a better person just on yeah, display for the was, world, you know? I think it's his best movie, yeah. by far. Um, number 97 movie I watched the other day for the first time. I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, I'd uh, really like to see it. I really, It really grew on me. I, when I, I talked to you right after I watched it, and I was like, yeah, it was all right. It was kind of like mm-hmm. abstract and like has like cliche abstract you things in it. But the, yeah, the more I think about it, I'm like, that movie fucking ripped. Yeah. Um, Number 98, don't want to talk about it, fire walk with me. <laughs> Can you very, why make the list though? Because I like it. <laughs> I know it's bad, but I like it. Yeah. 
it just I love every it. time I see it, I like it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I just like it. It's just a good time to me. And there's just so many times throughout that movie where I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the like, fuck? Yeah. Like that whole time where Dale Cooper's not in it, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then the whole scene with like uh, David Bowie. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just like, what the fuck? And then like the whole time they're like partying with their titties out and you can't hear what anyone's saying. I'm like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> an indifferent Donna. What the yeah. fuck? But no, I... Or, or when they're like in the lodge above a convenience store for like two minutes and you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then you watch season three and you're like, ah, oh, this is the whole fucking season. Is that two, two minute scene? Yeah. But the part with David Bowie is the one I always come back to. I think that's the strongest part of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I just, just good. I just like it. <laughs> I just like it. It makes me go, what the fuck? But I have yeah. a smile on my face the entire time. Um, number 99. This is probably the most subjective movie, uh, and the most like this movie means a lot to me. Uh, just Godspeed, Spider-Man. Godspeed, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, the number one hundred is a movie that I list. The first one that I listed uh, two times. So I gotta punch my hat and think of another movie. You're giving me... The Departed? I've never seen The Departed. You know what? Yeah, I'll take that back. Okay, so Fire Walk With Me is 97. And then Spider-Man will be 98. And then 99 will be Goodfellas. Okay. So like I said, I've always seen that movie on YouTube, and I fucking love it. <laughs> as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Great. And then number 100, Chris, The Dark Knight. Okay. It made my list, but like I said, almost, almost didn't. Almost didn't. Deserves to be number one hundred. Not, not as it is the best, but as it's the bottom of the list. It's a good movie, and I think you're wrong. Yeah, I have a longer discussion that I could have about The Dark Knight. I think. I don't want to. Not now, no, because the podcast has been gone for way too long. Yeah. But I just mean in general. I've been thinking a lot about it. Almost daily since we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been thinking about it. Because there are a lot of, like, things that I don't like about it that, like, I also don't necessarily hold too hard against something like The Dark Knight Returns, but I feel like it has similar problems there. Yeah, surprising list. Surprising how many documentaries are on there. Yeah. A lot of documentaries on there. I didn't have one. I couldn't think of one. I was going <laughs> to put Super Size Me on there, but I'm like, that'd be an asinine thing to do as much as I love it. <laughs> It'd probably be a dumb thing to do. I thought, I thought you should have put it on there. You talk about that movie a lot. I think it, yeah. Like I said, I feel like... My list may be too subjective. Your list, a little too objective. I think we could have met in the middle. <laughs> I could see a few more movies, and things would be great. Yeah, there's a lot of movies i got to see. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that was surprising. I was also pretty surprised with how much overlap there were between our lists. Yeah. I think there was a lot of overlap. Um, I'm trying to think of other stuff that surprised me. Oh, and just so you know... Uh, the Dark Knight, The Conjuring, and Airplane are the ones that I put on there twice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for sharing. Man, interesting thanks for, list. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Never seen don't UHF. Interest, don't know if interesting is good or bad, but... It's like getting to read someone's journal or something. Yeah. You know? uh, Just interesting. Can't call it good or bad, because it's a journal. Unless it's Anne Frank's. Apparently that could be one of the best mo- books ever written, <laughs> I guess. Cut all of the jerking off bits, though. 
Was there a lot? Apparently there's a, quite a few entries in there where she talks about jerking off and her dad's like, we can take those In off. the least disgusting way, I am generally, genuinely interested in what a th- girl from the 30s to the 40s in Germany, like how would she even speak about jerking off like it's like one of those things like when they say there's been, I'd say it's pretty universal chris well yeah it's like one of those things when like they say like oh yeah uh, the the greeks used to draw dicks all over their shit it's like well i gotta see what they were drawing dicks like yeah yeah that's a great point is it is it is it still like how we draw dicks like is it <laughs> you know were they circumcised then is it gonna be an uncircumcised dick they drew gotta be so anyways i'm interested in that stance where it's like why else would i ever be exposed to this information no, I I don't think I ever want to hear anybody's opinion on jerking off. Yeah. Especially, I don't want to hear any 13-year-old talking about jerking yeah, off. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, any 13-year-old. But I guess more from an anthropologist. Like, like, it reminds me of, like, uh, when they talk about how, like, oh, yeah, Beethoven loved uh, writing lyrics about licking asses to his music. Or Mozart. That's fun. Mozart or something like that. One of them. One of those old Which perverts, Whichever yeah. one was, like, German. It's like, lick mine ass or something like that. Yeah. That's yeah, fun. They love toilet humor. It's one of those things where it's like, really? Lick my ass? That's yeah, I buy that. Okay. That's very funny. All right. So it's just one of, one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. 90 years ago? Kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm not a pedophile. That. I swear to God. Oh. I doth protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a Game of Thrones podcast. I watched the last season because a girl that I liked was going over there to watch it all the time. And I was like, oh, I am so in. Yeah, I watched it because I was like, why don't we be alone on Sunday nights? <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I don't remember a goddamn thing from what I saw. No, Chris, safe space, me and you right here, Game of Thrones, fuck it. I don't give a <laughs> fucking half a shit about it. <laughs> Couldn't possibly be bothered to give a shit about Game of Thrones. I really couldn't. I've seen the first season like three times. And I try. didn't like it. And I tried. And everyone's like, oh, you got you to give it another chance. I'm like, no, I'm not giving it a fourth. I am not. There's a lot of TV that I, I read off TV way easier than when someone's like, oh, check out a movie. Yeah. Because TV's a big commitment. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm never going to see Hannibal. <laughs> no, Chris. I'm never going to watch Hannibal. I have. All of Hannibal on Blu-ray because my dad lent it to I me. I know. It surprises me every time I see one. Never really? seen Christmas one episode. Hannibal. Never seen one episode. You know why? I saw episode one of Hannibal and I was like, no, thank you. Yeah, know why? Because Hannibal Lecter was interesting in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah. Don't need to see him being Hannibal Lecter necessarily. In fact, yeah. I think it ruins the mystique a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So Absolutely. Love Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't think I've genuinely ever thought, like, man, I'd love to see a prequel of this, you know? Like, when has it ever worked? Didn't really work for Star Wars. Didn't work for Indiana Jones. Godfather. Prometheus, I guess, kind of worked for some people. Oh, yeah, Godfather's a good example. I haven't seen the second one, so I can't weigh in, but a lot of people seem to think. Is there another example of when it worked? <gasps> Is everybody just trying to cash in on that? Like, maybe uh, this will be the one. There's, I feel... There's no way we haven't had this conversation. I'm getting crazy deja vu, but there's got to be a good prequel. Um, we definitely had this conversation before. We talk very frequently about how prequels are, more often than not, a bad idea. Yeah, you're trying to look up, like, best prequels? Yeah. yeah. Let's see. I'll do the same. Yeah, no, this is just... 
Batman Begins, that does not fucking count. Nope, because that was the first one. Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about the ones where they're like, oh, it's young indie. Like, it was a TV show or whatever. Yeah, no, and it's like fucking Rogue One. Yeah, like, here you go. They say Red Dragon was a good prequel to the Soundslams. I heard not. Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, I guess. What is Casino Royale a a prequel to? Quantum of Solace? It's technically... But it came out first. It's a soft reboot. But it came out first. It says it's it's a sequel to Quantum of Solace. Does it? Or is it saying that the sequel after... Oh, no, it's saying it had a sequel after that. My bad. Hannibal Rising, sequel, Red Dragon, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones was not a good movie. Rise of the Planet Apes, I think, was a good one. But it's not like Godfather 2 good. X-Men First Class is... Good. But it's, you know, again, not like Godfather 2 good, necessarily. Yeah, not at all. Um, the Hobbit is definitely not considered to be good, period, by most people. Final Destination 5. Yeah. So anyways, all general consensus is, what, do we list six movies? <laughs> yeah. That are good? Prequel's not a good idea. No. Stay away from it. I don't need to see how Han Solo got his last name. Yeah, well, also, like, I know this This is this is a path. People have actually genuinely trampled on the ground so much that it's now a path. But, yeah, the sequel's always boiled down to that, too, where it's like, oh, shit, that's how Freddy got his gloves. Like, sequels you know, or prequels? Sorry, prequels. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And I don't mean that it's, like, actually mind-blowing. I just mean that, like, that's what they're expecting out of you is to be like, whoa, he's got, oh, that's how he got his knife glove. Whoa. Fuck, I hate that shit. I absolutely hate it. I do not need don't to know that. It. I don't give a fuck how he got the knife glove. No. You told me he had one, and I said, cool. <laughs> that was it. That's, <laughs> I wasn't watching, I didn't walk out of Nightmare on Elm Street and Dude, go, how the fuck did he get okay, that glove? Okay, but what about that knife club? Yeah, that shit all the time. Like, you know, like, oh, shit. Damn, Han Solo just stole a jacket from a guy? That's Nobody's what, gonna watch that's, Solo and see that. Apparently that's what all of Solo is. Yeah. I have absolutely no interest in seeing I it. I feel like there's nobody in the world who is genuinely like, oh, wow. Yeah. There can't be, right? No, not at all. Yeah. He goes, you know, I don't have a lot of family. I'm kind of on my own. That's why I don't have... That's why they call me Solo. That's why I don't have a last name. And someone goes, oh, so you're on your own? Solo. Okay. How about that? We now we work on our hundred worst movies we've ever seen list. I don't think I. You want to cut it, it down to fifty? Twenty-five. Cut it down to ten. <laughs> twenty-five worst movies. Okay, yo, you twenty-five worst movies. Okay. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time. <laughs>